Welcome to Story Talking, episode 27. My name is Laksh, I started Launchora, and I now host this podcast where I talk to a new storyteller every week. This week, my guest is Dave Pollitt. Now, I am right now uh, actually not where I usually live and work. I'm in Mumbai for work, and uh, work that I can't tell you guys about yet. But it is exciting. I just can't tell you yet, so it's a secret. And I'm in a hotel room recording this. And what I would like you guys to do while you're listening to this is just Google Taj Mahal Palace, Mumbai, because it's the most beautiful hotel, and I'm staying in it. And it's I I can't say enough. Uh, this hotel is 114 years old. That's incredible. Uh, anyway. That's why I have to do a quick short intro so that I can upload this and uh, actually get something to eat. I haven't eaten all day and it's 9 p.m. I've barely eaten all day. If the fruits in a sangria count, I've eaten something today. So um, I want to quickly tell you guys about how I found Dave. Uh, Dave is a, an artist on Instagram at Dave Pollitt Art. Instagram on Facebook, he makes these amazing paintings out of using old thrift store paint things, 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 things he finds at the thrift store. These paintings from like, you know, 50, 100 years ago that coincidentally, like walking around the hotel, you see these really old paintings. And what he does is he buys them and then he paints them again. Uh, adding an element of pop culture, like something like from Star Wars to Doctor Who to Simpsons to Futurama to Bioshock. Like, Dave loves uh, pop culture. He he grew up in the 80s, and you can definitely see all these references uh, in his work. And I found Dave because uh, one of the people I really admire and look up to, Chris Hardwick, he hosted uh, Nerdist Podcast, and now he has the his podcast is renamed to ID10T. Um, he bought one of Dave's paintings, and I follow Chris on Instagram, and I saw this painting, and uh, the painting had Rick and Morty in it, which is one of my most favorite shows of all time, uh, and we talk about that too. So I started following Dave, and just a couple weeks ago, I reached out to him, and I said, you know, I... I really love the kind of stuff that you do. Uh, I and I love so many of his paintings. I wish I could, I wish I could afford a whole, a whole bunch of them. But uh, his his work is amazing. So what you're gonna listen to every time we mention one of his paintings, on the side, just look up his Instagram and find it. They're 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 beautiful. They're so cool. They're so funny. And uh, I really, uh, I really enjoy talking to Dave. I'm so happy I get to do this. Like this is the best part of my job, talking to people that that I admire, talking to people that are so talented and so nice. Dave is such a nice guy, and I'm so happy. I just reached out to him, and he said yes. And uh, so we we got on Skype, and we had this awesome nerdy conversation. We we talk about everything. We. We both love Doctor Who, so we probably spent a few minutes talking about that. And then we talk about Rick and Morty. We talk about how he got started and what made him choose this 
this particular uh, line of work. Uh, we talk about the, the amazing work he's been doing, the things he's doing in this, this year. Uh, it's, it's incredible. And so what I would tell you guys is look up his Instagram page uh, as you listen to this to see the paintings we talk about. Go to his website, davepaula.com, and check out some of the stuff. Like you can buy original paintings or you can buy prints of uh, paintings that are sold out, which print the prints would be a little bit more affordable. Uh, they are incredible, unique, and just, I, I can't wait to uh, order. I, I talked to him about the one I really want. Uh, you guys will hear it. It's, in a, it's a painting with the V for Vendetta uh, Guy Fox mask uh, inserted into an old school uh, Whistler's mother painting. It's incredible. So um, check out his website. And to all the people listening in India, Dave has yet Dave has had orders from all over the world. He has yet to have a painting delivered to India. I want to be the first one, but unless someone else wants to beat me, go ahead. I'm going to wait for the V for Vendetta painting to come out on print. And I recommend that you definitely check out his website. So I'm about to end my quick long intro. I hope you guys really enjoy this. This is one of my favorite conversations of... I, I, I geeked out a little bit. I really... I try to stay, uh, stay calm about it. Because it's, it's so weird. You, you follow someone on Instagram and, you know, it feels like they're just... They're just a person, of course. But you never think that you're going to talk to the person on the other side. And uh, so this was a real treat for me. Uh, you can probably tell that once you start hearing it. But uh, I really appreciate that Dave did this and took out the time. So here is episode 27 of Story Talking with Dave Pollitt. Well, so she she wasn't as much, I suppose, into the into the pop culture aspect um, as I have always been, I suppose. But um, she's kind of learning as as we go. I mean, she had never even seen Star Wars when when we met. But All right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, you know, and it's funny because like Doctor Who was the um, the the TV show that her and I sort of connected on, um, which was great. I mean, most of the stuff that yeah. I watch, she doesn't. Really, she, I mean, I won't, I won't say most, but. Um, some of the stuff that I watch, I think, is a little bit too too dark or maybe cerebral for her. So, sure. so she doesn't really like that. But Doctor Who is is a place where we connected. So it is it is one of those magical shows that I've 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 tried to show that show to almost everyone, either I've ever met or dated. That's a good test <laughs> to see if we're going to be friends. You know, that's absolutely because it's <laughs> and I keep telling people who've never seen it that. I don't think you understand how much love and hope the show teaches you without, oh, absolutely. you know, so it's like, I've, I've used that show to just feel good at the end of a day. And yep. that's actually, yeah, that's what we would do. I mean, so at, when we met, um, I was still working full time. And in fact, I actually just, um, left my, my job writing software on January right. 3rd. Uh, um, but I would come home from work, um, and she would come home from work and, you know, you have a long day we would just kind of throw an episode of that on, on, yeah. on Netflix and watch that to kind of unwind. So how long have you guys uh, been married? We've been married for two years. We've been together for, uh, seven, since 2010. So eight, almost okay. eight years. Yeah. So right. since, since, yeah. uh, since Matt Smith started, I guess. Yeah. Was... Well, so <laughs> 
we went back, um, you know, we watched some of the old, old, you know, um, oh, the uh, original, right. Yeah. The, um, um, but, uh, those are, I mean, they're great, but they're not, they're not the newer ones. And, you know, when it started in 2005, I think, right. With, yeah. um, uh, Ecclestein and, uh, uh, and then, yeah, obviously, um, 10 and 11. Yeah. So, yeah. And it kind of, it bounces back for me between, um, between 10 and 11. So, um, I'm kind of, I, I'm a, I'm a big Matt Smith fan, but David Tennant is, you know, he's my yeah. wife's. <laughs> so. so did you start it with David Tennant or did you start it when no, the, we started with one? Ecclestein. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember my first episode was, uh, Matt Smith's first episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, I was living in San Diego at that time. And okay. Doctor Who had become so popular in America right right at the beginning of Matt's career with I mean, as, okay. as the 11th Doctor. So I think because San Diego was so huge with the Comic-Con that I was like, I should check out the show that everyone's talking about. Because when, when you live in San Diego and Comic-Con is happening, everything is about Comic-Con. So I got into the show with that episode and I was like, I'm going to watch everything I can find. And that's when I started with the first, uh, uh, the the ninth doctor and then saw all of David Tennant and then saw the rest of Matt's when it started coming out, you know, the rest of it. It's, uh, you have a favorite. I, I mean, when people get into the whole, this was my doctor kind of thing. I really like, uh, I don't know, because I, I loved <laughs> Peter Capaldi from the, from day one. Like from yep. day one, I was like, this guy is exactly who I want the doctor to, to feel like. And yeah, so yeah. I, 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 for me, it's like, like I, I, you know, the Back to the Future series, right? I of can't. Course, yeah. I can't pick my favorite part because I think it's just one good movie together. <laughs> so that's how I see the doc, the Doctor Who universe. It's like it's one good show right. together. And even yeah. if I don't like, like I like Matt Smith, but Matt Smith is embodied by the Doctor who was David Tennant. So I still like right. the same guy, or and now the, yeah. the same woman. You know. I'm I guess really that's maybe excited. kind of the point too, right? Yeah. Because I mean, the whole, yeah. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we actually, so we had watched, um, I think most of of uh, Capaldi's first season when they ripped it off of Netflix, and really? uh, we have just been so busy since since that time that, um, and life is just kind of settling down for us a little bit. So hopefully we can get back to to, to watching it, but it's not on Netflix anymore. So we need to have to get. Uh, um, I don't know BBC or or just buy. We have uh, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, we have none of David Tennant's years in the Indian Netflix. We okay. we have all of Matt Smith and I think all of Peter Capaldi now. So that's weird. Oh that really? In the Indian Netflix <laughs> gets it, but 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 the American one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's 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 interesting because they had Netflix had the entirety of all of the seasons, right? And then. Uh, and then they took all of them off. So, um, so I don't, I don't know if maybe I should go back and check. I, I know that there was a deal between, um, or maybe there wasn't deal. Or something went sour between um, between Netflix and BBC where they really? had to pull it off. So, yeah, which was super unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> once we find time, we'll we'll just go buy the uh, the later, um, the last few seasons of uh, Capaldi. And now they've got the 
Well, I don't know. They, they haven't started. Sh- have they started shooting? With, I um, uh, I the- think they've started shooting because I followed their Instagram and they showed a. They posted a picture of the new crew on Women's Day. Oh they, great! Because yeah. the uh, the Brits have their Women's Day in in March. Okay. Uh, no wait, their yes. Women's yeah. Day, their Mother's Day is in March as well. The Women's Day was international. Yeah. They posted yes. like the new doctor and all the female crew members and everything. But yeah, I think they're so because they start. I think fall they start showing the episodes. Like the season starts in fall. Okay, okay. I think so. Yeah, I'm not it's, sure. Got to get caught up so that we can we can watch that one too. <laughs> it's it's uh, Capaldi has some of the best writing I've seen the show put out. It's and like it's because I like I I write I'm not a. I'm not a super science fiction type writer, but I like okay. writing and I like writing about life and, 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 and love and hope and all of this stuff and pain and a little bit right. of darkness. So I really relate to the messages of, of what, you know, the Moffat and his writers were doing with Capaldi. So right. I really like some of, some of the episodes are, are just mind blowing in terms of how yes. they're put together. Now, did they ever, um, in, in any of the later Capaldi seasons, did they ever explain? Because Capaldi was actually in like the Pompeii episode. Yeah, yeah, he was. That. They they kind of addressed the idea of why he would return to a familiar face. Okay, all right, great. Yeah, but that was I think that was more of a we know that this is the same guy, but you know, don't worry about it, kind of a deal. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. yeah. So either way, it's yeah, it's it's an amazing show. So I yeah I I uh, every time at like Christmas is not a big deal in India, but whenever the Christmas special is out, I, I feel very Christmassy. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you uh, did you were I'm just gonna go all over the place and you know just oh, have yeah. have uh, have an open conversation. Uh, are you from like the New York State originally, or did you move here yeah, from yeah. another place? I've, I've been here my entire life. Yeah, I grew up in. Um, um, so I don't know how familiar you are with uh, um, New York as a, as a state, but um, um, so New York City is probably about six hours um, southeast of us. Okay. So we're in Rochester, New York, but right. I grew up just outside of Rochester, about forty five minutes okay. outside of Rochester, in a small town. So yeah, and then. Uh, um, you know, from there in high school, my parents um, were able to to scrape enough money together to get to get a down payment for a house in a town that was you know maybe twenty five or thirty minutes away. So right. my senior year we moved there, but I stayed um, uh, at the school district where I where I was you know familiar. And then mm-hmm. after that, um, I moved to to Rochester and you know went to college and, and um, then yeah, I've I've stayed in this area ever since. And you know we. <laughs> With the, the winters here, it's a little bit tough sometimes, especially right. towards you know, the end of March and into April when it's still snowing. And, you know, we woke up this morning with six inches of snow or whatever on the ground. Wow. And it's kind of like, ugh. You know, someday we'd like to be able to escape for... That's intense. At least the last winter. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's It can be pretty cool. So, um, but uh, but we love the area. I mean, it's, it's, it's so nice to be able to... Um, we can be in, in like 45 minutes, we can be to the Finger Lakes, we can be to, you know, the city in, in 10 minutes, we can be to any of the, the, the cool little suburbs. It's, right. it's a great area. I mean, also, it's a six hour drive to, to New York City, mm-hmm. so we can go hang out there, or, you know, Pennsylvania, um, 
it's it's a great location. It's nice. I was uh, super super low. Yeah, compared to the rest, compared to the actual, you know, the famous part of New York. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like we would be able to afford an apartment even right. know, in New York City, but uh, we can have a house here. So <laughs> I remember, like, when I was because I grew up in 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 India until I went to college to San Diego. And you okay. always just hear stories of how expensive New York is. And then I yeah. went to visit it like while I was in college. And I would meet people there who live there and then, and I would just see the way they live and you know the apartments they have and the kind of the taking the subway and then thinking about every dollar you're spending and I was like, "Oh, this is ridiculously expensive." Yeah, you know, it is, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like, yeah, property, um, it's expensive to have a place there, but I mean, right. the rest of it didn't seem, anytime that, that um, my wife, Beck and I have, have gone to visit uh, and stay there, it didn't really seem all that dissimilar, you know, in terms of like going out to eat or, yeah, right, or right. having a drink. It has a lot or, of all good options uh, here and there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, yeah. it doesn't seem... And obviously, you save a little bit of money by not having a car. Obviously, you spend that on right. having a subway pass or whatever. But um, um, I think it's kind of, you know, it's mostly, I think, a wash except for the property, which right, I guess right. is a huge part of it. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was cheap, then everyone would be living in New York. you know. And right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> or San Diego, right, for that matter. I mean, to be, yeah. you know, right through the ocean, that would be pretty sweet. So Some of the houses there are like, I don't know why. I mean, I know why I moved back to India, but and I always just like sometimes I just have dreams of that. Oh, I finally moved back, and now I have a house near the beach, and then yeah. I wake up and it's and then life becomes the nightmare because there's no <laughs> beach house. <laughs> San Diego is interesting. So I had a buddy who lived in um, um, Southern California. He lived um, west of of Los Angeles in right. like you know, Marina del Rey. Um, yeah. Monica area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would visit him multiple times a year. I mean, obviously just to, you know, to visit, of course, but also to be near the ocean and just, you know, hang right. out. But um, then my wife and I actually were uh, doing, there was a gallery show. It is, I can't remember the name of the gallery, but it was just outside of the Comic-Con. Right. And that was intense. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so we spent uh, a week there during Comic Con. We didn't actually go in because we didn't have tickets. We couldn't get tickets into the right. Comic Con. Or you know, seeing all the cosplayers and things like that. But, uh, but it was interesting because Southern California, especially um, uh, San Diego, like I typically think of that as kind of like it's arid and it's not too hot. It's like you know, mid seventies, yeah. sunny every day. But when we were there for the, the entire week we were there, it was like mid-80s and humid. It was it was awful. <laughs> yeah, Comic-Cons usually take place in like the peak of summer. And it makes yeah. it makes no sense because we barely used to get like really high temperatures. But Comic-Con usually would end up happening on like the, the hottest weekend. But yeah, I, I, I was there for seven years and never did I actually go inside the convention center. You know, because your tickets go away so easily. And I always, I always felt a little, because I went to UC San Diego and the crowd there was not super into the stuff because everyone was like, let's just study all the time. And it was also like right around our finals week. So no one wanted to go. So I was like, even if I get tickets, I don't want to go alone. And then I'm not a cosplayer, so I would feel really awkward not cosplaying, right. you know, or like sucking at cosplaying because I can't commit fully. 
Right. Yeah. Well, what did you go to school for? I went to school. I started as a bioengineer, which oh, okay. did not work out. That no. that ended after like a year and a half, and then I switched to management science, and I did like a I did a little minor with that threw in like playwriting and theater, mm-hmm. just to get introduced to the idea of writing plays and everything. Sure. Yeah. So it was a it was a very I I honestly I went to college to go to college. You know, I was right. I was going to not to learn something valuable like that i wanted to just learn how to live life and you know experiment with what i want to be and stuff like that yeah i think that's you know honestly for me that's kind of what college i mean i went for a specific um uh, degree but that was just because you know for the most part i i grew up um and everybody thought that i was just going to go be an artist but you know my parents i don't want to say that they dissuaded me from that but they were like listen you don't really want to be a starving artist so you right. should go do something that you know you can you can actually make a living at and so i kind of just picked it out of a hat i mean i was always like good with math and science and things like that so you know computer science i was like ah oh, you know yeah. that'll be fun problem solving whatever um i went to school for that um but yeah i kind of sort of feel the same way where it was like college kind of taught me how to learn but aside from that it was you know i don't really i don't i, I don't think that i really used a lot of what i what i yeah. learned in my day <laughs> yeah so. most of this stuff like i mean i didn't i didn't do a, a very specialized degree like yours i mean if i was still with bioengineering i could say that it would be hard but most of what i learned was something you can google so oh, right. you know yeah. yep. <laughs> so and, and now understand. now there's so much like there's there's websites that just have courses online for you to just read yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's um in fact i was uh, right before i left um one of my last jobs i was starting to take a, a machine learning course on uh, something called um i think it was coursera coursera was yeah 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 so i mean and i almost think that that's I don't want to say that, you know, college is something that's going to be a thing that may fall by the wayside, but I I do think that there's going to be maybe a shift towards more of the, you know, first of all, the makers, right? I mean, yeah. everybody is getting sick, I think, uh, of just spending their lives behind a desk, you know what I mean? And, and so true. getting out there, finding out what you're good at and, and trying to make it kind of yourself, I think is going to be a thing that hopefully we'll see a little bit more of. And it's scary, but it's, it's, um, I think it's it's pretty rewarding in the end. So. Yeah, and I think the especially for people who want to explore their creativity, colleges, you want to make sure that you kind of have a buffet like college experience where you're picking and choosing all the different things you want to experiment. Like yeah. I I was always into video games, movies, TV shows and I was like, how do I become a part of that universe? <laughs> so, I took every class I could find that had any relation to you know those those things like one of the small reasons why I loved going to San Diego when I found out that I was going to I would got accepted was because I had played Red Dead Redemption and that was Rockstar Games San Diego sure and I, and, and I even went to their office like one time just to like for just to like say hi from the outside because <laughs> they were That's such awesome. a big part of my childhood like that video game I still have it like my PlayStation's you know like it, it's it's just you and you just connect so much to these ideas. And I think that's getting influenced in the right ways is so important for the early years for like a, a creative person. So sure. you know exactly where to channel your your exploration of your talent, you know? Yeah, you know, and if 
I don't think I would actually do anything differently, but I, I don't think that I got the full kind of college experience. Um, and I think that was because I was focused maybe on the wrong things. Like I was actually focused on, um, overly focused on getting good grades. I was probably, you know, I didn't, I didn't study as much as maybe I, I could have, but, right. uh, but you know, when it came to, to fighting for every, for every GPA point, I was, right. I was the person who wanted to have those good grades and I don't even know why, but you know, it, <laughs> I guess that would be the one thing that I maybe would change is that, you know, I would spend a little bit less time worrying about that and a little bit more time right. doing exactly what you said and kind of just, you know, figuring out what it is that you're super passionate about. It all worked out. I mean, um, but, um, but yeah, just, just a little bit more of the experience. And that's the thing like now, especially now as, as we get older, um, starting to realize more and more that, you know, time is like the most precious commodity. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the reason that, um, it's the reason that I chose to kind of walk away from, from software, at least temporarily is because we just, my wife and I, we weren't seeing each other. You know, right. it was, I was up late every night and it was starting to kind of affect both of our moods. I think yeah. so it's, like, it's time to kind of choose one of the passions <laughs> and, and, and try to follow that one. So you, I, th I heard you mention that your, your family thought like people around you thought that you were always, always end up being an artist. Like what was, uh, how did that, how was that something that they were they were noticing? Like, did you know that you were going to do something like this eventually, or were you already making stuff like as a kid? I mean, I always, as a kid, especially, um, I was drawing and painting all the time. You know, I mean, in my parents, we grew up pretty poor, so like we didn't have the money to to buy oil paints and things like that. Right. Um, I would find whatever I could. I would paint on. Um, old cardboard and things like that if I could. Um, and I had an aunt who every Christmas and my birthday would take me to, there's an art store um, in one of the, the um, suburbs outside of Rochester that we would go to every year. And she would kind of let me pick out, you know, X amount of dollars worth of stuff. And, you know, so that was when I got to buy the paintbrushes and, you know, maybe even a canvas or whatever. And, yeah. um, but I, I also remember that in elementary school, I would ask the teachers for all of their, their scrap papers. So I would take it home and draw on it. And so I think, you know, growing up, it was kind of, it was obvious that I, I loved that. And it was, um, I think I showed a little bit of, um, an aptitude for it. Mm -hmm. And as I, as I went to high school, like I was the person that designed the, the yearbook cover and, you know, they have the superlative. So I was voted most artistic or whatever. Right. So I think people just <laughs> assumed that. Um, but you know, when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, well, what do you do with, you know, if I'm going to go off to be a professional artist at the time, you know, this was 1998 when I graduated high school, there wasn't like the, the proliferation of the internet wasn't quite a thing right. yet. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't, but there wasn't, there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't a way right. to get your art yeah. out there the way there is now. And so, you know, I think the, at least for me, the, the misconception was that if you're going to go be an artist, like you can either be an art teacher or like a, uh, an art historian or museum curator or whatever. Right. None of those things sounded, sounded interesting to me. So, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, although people thought that I, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I always kind of knew that, um, at least initially I wasn't going to do that. Right. Um, and then what happened after is complete, you know, that was a complete surprise to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> It is, it is amazing, I think, that especially with uh, Facebook, Instagram, and all these places where people are able to share their talents, like now you don't have to, you can directly figure out a way that 
this is exactly who I want to be and this is the job that I'm going to fit myself into. Rather than right. the way you described that if you wanted to be an artist, you had to pick one of these ideas. Right. You know, like, yeah. and, and that's one thing that I, I always got a little... Like when I was younger, I was like, wait, how do I, how do I make Back to the Future? Because, okay, someone's already made Back to the Future. How do I make my Back to the Future? Right. Or how do I make my, my Fight Club? You know, like, and you just think that, oh, these guys are, you know, amazing. Like they're, they're supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to do that because I didn't grow up with a eight millimeter camera that Steven Spielberg and all these guys had, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so you just yeah, think that, oh, yeah, that's not for me. Those are, they're professionals that do kind of, that kind of stuff. I'll just figure out something. I'll just be a, an appreciator of, of talent rather than have my own creative journey. But I think the internet definitely just told people that, oh, you can't have that excuse anymore. Right. Just, just yeah. go ahead and, and figure out a way to showcase your work and, and sell it somehow. Well, and there's, you know, there was also, I, I read very recently, um, and this was just floating around the internet, so I'm sure you know a bunch of other people have read this as well. But Hunter S. Thompson wrote a letter to a friend at one point who was like, you know, um, what did he? I don't remember exactly what the question was. Like, what was the not what the meaning of life was, but like, you know, what should he do with this career choice or whatever? And right. and his answer was essentially it boiled down to you know instead of having these goals that say like I want to be a fireman or I want to be this or a writer or whatever, he's like, you know, figure out what it is that the way that you want to live and then adjust your goals to that. And so now it's yeah. kind of the way that I'm, it's like, you know, now for me, I want to, to be, you know, creative and paint and draw every day. That's, that's what I want. So it's just, you know, how do you make sure that you set yourself up to be able to do those right. things? And, um, you know, I think I'm a, a lot more fortunate than a number of artists out there that, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been lucky to have the, the exposure and things like that that I've had, but, um, but it, it starts with just doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did you, uh, when did you start working out the idea that I'm going to take these old thrift store paintings and like, was that something you had tried over the years and you were like, um, or when did you figure out that this is going to be the kind of thing I'm going to focus on? This was like, um, uh, I don't want to say a light bulb moment, but it, it happened uh, when I met uh, Becca in 2010. Um, she is an avid thrifter. Um, she bought all of her clothes, all of her dishes, you know, right. at these, these thrift stores. And um, that did not appeal to me at all. I hated those things because <laughs> I was, that's, you know, when I was a kid and we didn't have any money, like I had all hand me down stuff, right? Sure. So, you know, um, and, um, but you anyways, want that same life as a grown up. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Um, and also for some reason, like, and she also liked antiques, you know, antique stores and things like that. And it just, I don't know. I just wasn't as into it as she was. But, um, but what I did do was, you know, one of the times early on where she, she brought me to one of these places and it was on, it was just so that I could hang out with her. I was going to them. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, I would go look at the artwork on the floor. I don't know. It was always on the floor. This artwork, it was just <laughs> stacked up on the floor. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, she and I joked about it, um, just in passing on one of these, these trips, like, Hey, it'd be kind of funny to paint something, you know, humorous into one of these and kind of, you know, put it back out there. Right. Uh, and we left, but then the, it was like, maybe it wasn't even a week later that she actually came home and she had bought a couple of these backgrounds. 
Um, and I, I, I did exactly what we joked about. And then right. it was just, you know, I was like instantly hooked. I was, this is, you know, so much fun. You get to match the style of the background. You get to, you know, do something different every single time. And so it, it, it wasn't something that, you know, I played around with for a long time before that. It was just like, right. It was like, I still, yeah, it was 2010 and <laughs> it was, what was the, crazy. what was the first one? Do you remember the first one that you made? I do. And it was just like a, it was a very, very, very small one. And it was just this like, um, quaint little, like, uh, English countryside that thatched roof cottage kind of a painting. That wasn't right. even a painting. It was a, it was a print of a painting, um, on like a cardboard. And I just painted like, a um, just a silly little monster peeking over the top of the, right. the, the roof just to kind of like, you know, see how the paint would take to the, to the background and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think my wife even, um, she painted one, I think as well. I mean, she's never, she's never really done yeah. anything with art just to, just to kind of mess around with it. And so, yeah, that was the very, very first one. Um, and I think we sold it for like $15 or something. Right. Like that. But, uh, yeah. It's, I, I guess it's such a, it must be, I, I was wondering this because I remember when Chris shared your, he shared that he bought one of your paintings, I believe. I think that's yeah. that's where it started from. And the fir my first reaction was that, oh, I think this person recreates from scratch the whole idea of a thrift store <laughs> painting. And I was like, how do you just, how do you intentionally remake something that isn't supposed to be that cool or great itself and then add your own flavor to it? And then I was like, and then I read the whole description. And I was like, oh yeah, you take these, yeah. these old paintings and then you add your, this own thing. But I guess that kind of goes into like it because it looks so authentic, the way you are able to insert these little pop culture, you know, things. And, and is that something like you knew? Because I remember I, re I read this, I think it was at your page that you you want to make like you want to make you want to take art a little less seriously, because I think the rest of the world kind of makes it a little pretentious and uh, maybe a little obnoxious the way they treat art. And you were like, let's laugh at art, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, obviously I don't think that it's it's a wise idea to just sweep the problems of the world under the rug kind of a thing. But I do right. think that, you know, a good way to sort of, to view the world is that there is, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there as well. And sometimes it's nice to just, you know, to bring a little bit of levity um, right. to the world. And yes, Certainly, in especially in the art world, I do find that there can be a little bit of, I don't know if it's pretension, um, but it's also, I think that oftentimes, like we, and I, I don't want to confuse, you know, art and philosophy, but um, because I, I, I don't think that anybody can really define what art is. I mean, it's, yeah. that's just such a difficult thing to do. But I do, um, I remember taking, you know, modern art courses in college and, you know, the idea of like, um, there was, there's one that really stuck out to me and interestingly enough, it's, um, sort of an appropriation thing, but it was a guy who took a photograph of another guy's photograph and sold it as his own. And he was like, I'm <laughs> challenging the notion of like, you know, what ownership is and things really? like that. Like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I get it. But, <laughs> you know, so some of that kind of stuff, um, uh, at the time, you know, was, was a little bit, um, it's a little bit interesting to me. Um, and you know, even, uh, Beck and I, 
within like the first three months that we were dating, we went to New York City and we went to the um, the Museum of Modern Art. And I remember that um, there was one painting in particular. It was like this massive, massive painting. It had to be at least, you know, 10 or 15 feet wide. And it was quite literally just a red rectangle. That's all. Mm. And you know, all of these people around were, um, um, were just staring at this thing. Right. And like, awe and wonder and like contemplation and uh so we get into this room and all of these people are like quietly you know contemplating this thing and i just leaned over to becca and i was like it's a fucking red rectangle (laughs) and i think you know that was almost like the moment that you know she fell in love with me i think was just because like she so was just like what (laughs) is this it's a nice moment (laughs) it was it was great and you know it's not that i you know i especially the more that I do this, the more that I kind of, I want to understand what people were thinking, because obviously there's motivation behind all of this. Maybe not all of it. Maybe sometimes it is just like people want to, you know, just challenge the system and make money doing right. that. I don't, but, um, but you look at something like a Basquiat, like, I don't understand that, but you know, there's obviously enough people do, right. um, something there. And so, um, so it's not, you know, it's not my place to say that, 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 doesn't have its value it's just you know it's so subjective that it can be artists you know different for different people so for me like the I've always seen art as something that if I don't get it maybe it's like an emperor's new clothes situation that people have just all agreed that this is what great is so it's a group kind of a yeah, thing. yeah yeah and I think I mean that that is the simple especially with the internet you know like you if enough people think it's great or if enough people think it's good or popular, if enough people like it, does it matter if it's good or not? Right. You know, yeah. like that, that was like, I saw the disaster artist recently, the James Franco movie where he made a movie. Yeah. He made this movie about the worst movie ever made. Yeah. He, what was the guy's name? The, uh, Tommy Wiseau, the, the, Tommy Wiseau, the, yes, the original, yep. yeah. The main guy who made that movie. And I was like, he kept talking about this idea of like, does it matter if, if more people have seen this movie than a movie that won an Oscar, does it matter what good is anymore? Because, you know, like we, 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 I I think the internet just gives enough people uh, a voice to, to have an opinion that if, if, even if a small, even if 10,000 people like an idea, then those 10,000 people can like that idea and no one else has to agree with that and they can right. just live in their little niche. And I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that, you know, there is something I think to the whole like hive mind, um, um, phenomenon, right? I mean, yeah. you see this, I don't know, have you ever spent any time on Reddit? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. It's sure. a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> it is a black hole, but, you know, you think about something like that and it's like, you know, somebody can post something on Reddit and if it gets, you know, enough upvotes early on, it almost doesn't matter how good or bad the content is. Like it can just yeah. shoot to the page, you know what I mean? And it's, um, so I do think that there is something to that, that whole hive mind thing. So yeah. it's like, then do people really stop and take, take a moment to think about whether or not this is good to them or are they just kind of, you know, joining the crowd. Right. And, um, I don't know that there's a right answer in terms of yeah. like, you know, the modern art thing and, and whether or not it's to bring it back to what we were talking about, whether or not it's, um, you know, right or wrong of me to say that like the, the art world is too serious. Sure. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 You're so. it's, 
you're creating these things and I don't know I mean I've I don't know how many people even want to call themselves pop culture artists you know because right. they, they maybe the world they have always wanted validation from would not really you know find that to be something that they are they're interested in so I think I think it's really amazing that you're you're making all these things that more people know what Doctor Who is than what the guy who made that rectangle is, you know? Right. So yeah. I think that accessibility and, and people just wanting to have something like that and, and smiling a little bit every time they look at it, I think that that really matters. I mean, at least to me, it's like when I write something, I don't want to make whoever reads it, I don't want their day to become worse after reading my story. So my goal is always like, can I make your day either the exact same way or a little better? Right. So, and if so, if you're able to make people chuckle every time they walk past their hallway and they put that that painting that that has you know the Ghostbusters, the big giant, the Doughboy, Pillsbury Doughboy guy or something. They puffed, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. So I I think uh, I mean you did you just did that for the giant mural right the that's what i, I think you were posting about the yeah yeah or yeah, a company's so, yeah. uh, entrance or something yeah 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 he was he was definitely he made the cut i mean he's something that um that you know ghostbusters the well, that was just one of my favorite movies growing right. up so it was how could i not put yeah in there? But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's 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 funny too you know um the way that sort of people take the one of the paintings that i've done that was it it wasn't like super serious, but it was, it was something that I was dealing with at the time where it was just like, um, I was having a hard time because I was working full time and I was coming home and I was painting at night and, uh, you know, my wife and I weren't getting to see each other a lot. And, um, I was always kind of like worried about, you know, how I was spending my time and when I was going to fit things in. And, and something that my wife said to me at the time was just like, you know, just focus on what you're doing and don't let, you know, the, the worries about what you have to do interfere with what you're doing right now. Just do what you got to do and right. focus on it, enjoy it. And um, so I did this painting that was kind of, for me, it was just about like the outside noise sort of disrupting like the serenity of what you're doing right now. Right. And um, that was one piece that, um, it, you know, it took me like a hundred hours to do because it was like this, this, um, this quiet country scene. But I, I sort of painted like in a Trump Lloyd kind of fashion, like the, the, the canvas sort of ripping and um, like a busy New York city street coming through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like one of the things that I posted to Reddit and, and it did hit the front page and it was like, um, man, the comments on this were just like people just, they, I mean, they took their own meaning into it, but everybody yeah. was everybody, but a, a number of people were just like, Oh, you know, what a, what a boring trope, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're talking about, um, you know, the, um, the environment or whatever. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that at the time I was like, you know, I guess I can't, I can't try to make too much of a judgment call about what, what somebody thought or, or, or what they were, um, trying to convey with their painting because you may just not have any idea. Right. So, but, the, uh, I remember that one. It's the, yeah, the, where it looks like the painting has been ripped and there's like a, yeah. there's cars and there's buildings coming out of this little portion. Yeah. 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 I don't, Everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, is it, is it, I mean, what is it really like? Cause I mean, you've been on Instagram for a while, uh, posting all your stuff. Like, what is it like to be 
living in, in, in a world where literally anyone can say whatever they want to you about what you do. I mean, good stuff and bad stuff. Like, does that, is it, uh, is it, do the pros outweigh the cons or like, how do you feel about something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think there's generally, you know, there's more in, in, especially since, you know, especially on something like Instagram where those people have chosen to follow you. Um, right. I think you'll definitely get more, more positive than negative. And one of the things that I've had to, uh, if there's ever like an article written about my artwork or whatever on, um, you know, any of these online um, outlets, I don't read the comments anymore because, um, you know, the, the world with this anonymity of the internet allows people to, to just be um, like vitriolic on, yeah. <laughs> on, on the internet and it's not good. And, um, you know, I found myself spending too much time thinking about like what I'd like to say back to that person who said something so, you know, mean right. or whatever. But, you know, and this was another like wisdom of my wife kind of a thing where she said, you know, instead of focusing on the, the you know, handful of negative comments that you might have gotten on this poster, that poster, whatever, she's like, take, take one person who said something nice on Instagram and respond to that person with, you know, with a, with a thank you or whatever. Right. And so it's what I try to do now instead is, you know, um, is just sort of promote the positivity as opposed to react to the negativities. Mm -hmm. I always, yeah, um, uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, and that's, that's, that's a, a good way I think for right. me to handle it. Yeah. The, the painting that you post, I mean, it, it was a while ago and the one that really got me was like, oh, I was like, this is, it was the Whistler's mother, but it was V for Vendetta. Who <laughs> was V for Vendetta. I yeah, was, yeah, it was, I was, I, I was, I showed that to like a, few of my friends and some people did not know that Whistler's mother is a painting and, and that got me that got me thinking about this idea that you know like there are especially with the I think now that we have more of a not only do we have more of a short attention span we also are deleting a lot of our a lot of knowledge that we acquired because we were like oh we don't need that anymore right like so I don't really need to know who Whistler's mother is you know I don't need to know that that's because I'm never really going to, I don't think I've ever seen that painting in real life. I don't think I want to see it, but yeah, I was sure. like, Oh, this is something I like. I don't even need to know what it references to like this thing. So that got me thinking about this idea that, you know, like what is, is originality really a thing where like, you know, you're, you're, you're using these characters that like V for Vendetta was, you know, uh, when did he write it? Like, uh, Alan Moore wrote that in the eighties or something. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the movie was like, you know, 20 years later and that was an yeah. adaptation. Yeah. So yeah. they changed a lot of things. And right. then you, you're, you're painting star Wars and, and Simpsons and all these guys on a painting that you didn't originally paint. Like, right. So I really think that with pop culture, like, is ownership really a thing anymore? Because I think I own the Simpsons too, because they're, they're my childhood, you know? Well, it's interesting with that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, you know, while I do think that, you know, I try to make sure that my artwork sort of brings a, a sense of levity and that people don't, you know, too carefully overanalyze yeah. uh, every little thing. The one thing that I would say, if there is a sort of philosophy behind it, is that exactly what you just said, where, you know, the, the zeitgeist of, of, of a generation, you know, is the sort of ownership of that. And like, you know, 
my parents and their grandparents or their parents rather owned this like what at the time was pop culture was like these a lot of times these these paintings that I'm I'm sort of you know repurposing to bring back into our current generation with you know the the pop culture like you said that you feel like you own so it kind of like um, and that's always something that's been a little bit fascinating to me is is the first of all the the idea of, of taking things that seemingly don't belong together and putting them together but also like you know. Um, and I think this came back to, I remember, um, I remember that one of my first jobs, um, writing software was all, um, was all virtual and we were having a meeting and, um, you would sign on to like Skype or whatever it was at the time, go to or something like that. Um, sorry, my dogs are playing in the background, so you might hear a little bit of scratching, but anyways, right. yeah. um, it would do this sort of roll call and it was like, um, uh, Somebody would say, is, is Dave here? And then somebody else did the whole like Cheech and Chong thing. It's not here. And I chuckled a little bit. But, you know, at the time I was like maybe eight years younger than the person who said it. And she was like, oh, you're too young. You wouldn't get that. And I was like, just because I was born after. And I probably yeah. I was maybe I was born in the late 70s. But like either way, because I was born after that doesn't mean that I was too young or that I am too young to like know what this is or to have consumed this bit of pop culture. You know what I right, mean? So like right. that got, I think, you know, that's always stuck with me and it's always made me think like, you know, yeah, who, just because it's like the current pop culture, does that mean like the older generation doesn't own that or wouldn't get it or right, right. You know, some of the older stuff we wouldn't get. So bringing all of that stuff together to me is kind of like a, um, a way to sort of combat that, I think. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. And that's yeah. one of the things that I've, I've been trying to sort of like, I don't know, figure out how to articulate that appropriately. And I've, I probably failed to do so. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think it's really, it's cause it's, I mean, it's not like it's a decision that, Oh, this is, this is what this is because we don't know what, we don't know what culture is going to be, you know, 10 years from now, what is going to be considered to be something that we collectively can say that, oh, this is a part of my life, so I get to reference it or I get to talk about it. Right. Or are we going to go more towards like, oh, I mean, I mean, it's something that exists in the patent world and the trademark world where like, oh, you can't make toys that right. that have Homer Simpson because only we get to make toys that have Homer Simpson. Right. But if you're figuring out a way to talk about it with a different context, then it doesn't really matter because you're, you're putting it where it's not, it's not like you're selling the idea of the Simpsons and you're, you're trying to make money off the Simpsons, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah that's not really the point of it. Yeah. You're sort of, you know, um, changing the meaning of both the, right. the original thing and the, um, and there's sort of like a, you know, um, a parody aspect of that too, which especially if you're doing it under the lens of humor mm -hmm. that, um, um, sort of protects what I do too. But, um, but yeah, it's the whole idea of that ownership is, is a very, very interesting thing. And especially now with like the, just the internet and the proliferation of the internet, yeah. just, just making everything so widely accessible that, um, man, I don't even know how, even if somebody was making um, making toys of that. How did they, how did they even police that? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are illegal Homer Simpson, you know, toys in India that I've never. I don't think anyone ever cares. <laughs> well, 
even just, you know, the thing that I've seen um, a lot of recently is just that people will just just blatantly take the, 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 the piece of pop culture, the element of pop culture, and literally just reprint it onto a T-shirt or whatever and sell yeah, that, which, yeah. you know, that obviously is not challenging anything. You know, that's mm-hmm. just that's just reprinting something. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, you know, where does the because I mean, Warhol did the same thing, essentially. Right. Like, where does the where does the line get drawn? So it's it's I I. I mean, what I'm, what I think, what I'm, I think it is the conversation there is like, then it really is a responsibility. We have to kind of share the responsibility. Like the artist has to share the responsibility of, of doing right by what mm-hmm. they are using. And then the audience also has to somehow respect the content and the intention of the content. Where Absolutely. if you really think that, you know, Star Wars needs to be protected as a brand, then then don't buy this 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 knockoff. Or right. and if you think it doesn't matter, then why do you why are you voicing your opinion about that it matters, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. and for me, you know, at the end of the day, like the, the things that I paint, I typically only paint the things that um that I that I love, that I grew right. up loving or that come to love or whatever. Um so you know, if if one of those guys ever came to me and said, like, you know, we don't like what you're doing, um, right. because you're you know, then of course, you know, by all means, I would say, oh, right. I, you know, totally. Then I, I won't, I, I won't, I won't, I won't do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> but because, yeah, I because these are the things that I love, and I, um, and a lot of times there are things that I want other people to experience. Like I spent so much time trying to like proselytize for Stranger Things, you know, that TV yeah. show when it came out. So it's like you got to see this. Or Rick and Morty, you know, is one of my favorite TV shows Me too. So I. I you know, and this is like one of the things. Like, I had neighbors come over, and I was like, "Listen, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna come over to our house. We're gonna have some drinks, and we are just going to watch Rick and Morty so that you can, you can understand what it is oh, that I'm, yeah. I'm talking to you about." And I don't know. The last time that I brought somebody over, my my neighbors, I don't know if they, I don't know if they loved it as much as I do. And it was funny because like when they left, my wife was like, she also likes Rick and Morty, and she was like, "Oh man, like yeah, I think you chose the wrong episodes to show them. We should right. have that was, was pretty funny but i uh, always i always think that too like oh why didn't they like it and then i realized oh i just showed them my favorite episode which does may not be the easiest episode to okay. lean in with like i, I go with i go with the episode where they there's the there's the vi- there's the the thing that keeps on multiplying and they forget that it's a family member so they just yeah, end up with favorite, yeah. all of these characters yeah the yeah, parasite yeah. the parasite episode yeah, that's like, actually oh, that might be too much for people to who don't know who Rick and Morty are to really get the the darkness of the idea of them killing killing people they love. Right. That, yeah, that's probably my favorite episode. Um, all of season three, I thought was just phenomenal, um, but it was a little bit darker, obviously. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that that parasite episode. And actually, I did a painting at one point where I found um, uh, it was kind of like a like a folk arty. Um, print uh at a um and this wasn't even this was at like a it was like a house sale i think but anyways i found this thing and i i put you know as many of those characters into really? into that good yeah. fit um yeah so you had like you know uh photography raptor and um uh you know pencil vester and all of these yeah. different things this, this one painting. <laughs> that's actually one that um that that chris actually owns um oh that one that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was funny because right because like, you know, he's yeah he talks about Rick and Morty all the time too. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because like you know to have like we actually had like a 
um, a small email exchange when um, when he was 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 trying to buy it, and he's like, you know, you didn't add Mr. Poopy Butthole, which is to your listeners is going to if they don't know this show, it's going to sound really really funny. But yeah. anyways, um, I was like, well, you know, he wasn't a parasite. He wasn't a, exactly. But, I was going to say the same thing. But that's what I thought. But then, you know, this was actually right after uh, Comic-Con. And apparently uh, Chris had had a conversation with um, either Dan Harmon or Justin Roiland or both of them. And apparently, like, you know, there's some evidence that suggests that maybe he was. And so, you know. (laughs) Oh, so he's just he just exists. Well, they have done this thing of. Like Mr. Boopy Butthole references are the audiences exist in a lot more than Rick and Morty do. Mm-hmm. Like so, maybe because there there's ideas that he there's alternate universes and and he belongs to one where it's not he's not technically the same one that these guys are from. Right. I don't know. So so did you end up adding it or you were like no you? What we did was we compromised halfway between where I added. You have to look very very closely in the painting, but mm. in one of the the background buildings there's a window and I added his shadow in the. Wow. Uh, so it's a very specific how- shadow too. You you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that was that was really really cool to be kind of like having that conversation with someone who I you know I look up to right. uh, immensely about you know this element of pop culture and he's so excited about it and uh, you know I'm also you know like that's the thing where like if I ever had a conversation with him I we would probably spend the entire hour talking about right. <laughs> so, which which I think is great because that's the kind of thing that brings people together it's um yeah the. <laughs> I um, do you think that I mean, given the conversation that we're having right now, and given all the stuff that you like, you say you know you only paint stuff that you love, you mm-hmm. only work with you, you. I mean, you're you're now you're now doing this full time, uh, like you 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 know given up that uh, the software job. Like, mm-hmm. what would the the thirteen year old you be thinking? Like. Oh, Wait, if, he, if he if he sees what you're doing, like, would he even believe that you're making a living out of out of doing stuff that he was obsessed with? You know? No, I mean the 13 year old version of me would wouldn't you know he would be surprised that I you know own a house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm able to pay the bills. Um, right. You know, that's an interesting thing too. Is you know. Um, from the get-go, part of the reason that I didn't, you know, just jump into to what I um, thought would be a career in art was because I never wanted to put any any pressure on the artwork because that as soon as you put pressure on something, it sure yeah, it, you know it, yeah, people can first of all sense pressure, they can sense desperation, they can sense all of that stuff, and I feel yeah. like that would probably go away a little bit from the artwork. So, um, you know, this was a thing finally stepping away from from the software was a thing that my wife and I had been preparing for for you know years and years and just aggressively saving so that um so that when the time came we'd we'd be okay for a while and to try it out for you know a couple of years before we had to really worry about it again so yeah I I think though yeah the 13 year old version of me would be would be gobsmacked i yeah. think would be to, to, to use um actually the you know the 38 year old version of me is, is surprised right now so <laughs> it's been a it's been a pretty busy couple of months so the um as soon as i left i started raiding on that giant mural that you right. saw so that 
consumed, you know, the first month of my life. And it was, I was still at the end, I was working 16 hour days doing that. So, um, wow. how long did that take the whole mural? <laughs> and, and it's actually not even quite done yet because, um, the company that, um, that hired me to do this, uh, they're, they're actually looking for a little bit more added into that. They wanted a little bit fuller. So I'm going to go back and, and add some more, but, uh, so far I've got, um, I think we, we tallied the hours at like 210 hours into it wow. so far. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a month and a half basically. And then right after that, um, I had to get ready for, um, a show. There's a, a gallery in uh, Los Angeles called galleries, 1988, okay. um, kind of like the pop culture gallery out mm. there. And, um, I've, I've, I've always loved that gallery. And so when they approached me to say, Hey, do you want to be part of this group show that we're doing in, in April? I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I had to, you know, I had to get some, some work done for that. So, I mean, it just hasn't felt quite yet. Like, like I'm even doing this right. full time because it's going so fast that, you yeah. know, it's, um, I remember I was, when I was, when I was making the choice to do this, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna have so much time. I'm going to be able to read. I'm going to be able to like <laughs> you know, catch up on some of the movies and TV shows that I wanted to yeah. I'm go outside walks, you know, all of this stuff. And so far it hasn't happened, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I think, good. yeah, I, the, cause this, um, I remember Chris, like on his show talked about this idea. I think he's, he's talked about it a couple of times. He says that something he's realized about his life is that he's doing like now that he can afford to do all the things he loves, he's doing things that are trying to make his 13 year old self happy, you know? Yeah. Like you, yeah. and, and I was thinking about that, like I'm, I'm 28 right now. And when I was 13, I wanted to, I wanted to make, the, I wanted to make uh, grand theft auto. Like I wanted to work. I was like, if I can be like just one person, of the thousands of people that <clears throat> that make that game, Mike, I'm 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 gonna be happy forever. And yeah. then you realize like now now I'm 28 and I'm like, when was the last time I turned on my PlayStation to play something? Because right. I'm not like I I keep buying games but I don't get time to play them. And I'm like, oh, and I feel like I have to apologize to like the the kid in me. Like I'm so sorry I can't get to and, right. you know giving you giving you a little bit of. Uh, little little bit of happiness there because and but you're still doing things you love you're just are trying to manage thing. being an adult at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah and it's crazy like video games is a thing that man i played a lot of them when i was a kid um and you know a little bit into college like i didn't have as much time in, in in college as i as some of the other people that i um was friends with to play but you know still whenever i could i would yeah and now, man, I haven't played anything in a long time. It's just because I've just been so busy. But um, that's the thing that I keep telling myself. I, I told myself, you know, around Christmas time, that I was like, I'm going to go buy that uh, the the Switch when it comes out, and right. you know, finally get to play like you know Mario Kart and um, uh, the the new Zelda game, the Breath of the Wild, and all of that kind of stuff. And I so far it just hasn't happened. But yeah, it is. A, it's still a thing. But it's not. The, it's not. I don't know. It's not the the worst thing, I guess. To because I'm still sort of. It's like I'm getting to to play them, but through the artwork right now. Yeah, um, yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't know. I I'd still like to be able to spend like an hour or so, you know, every couple of days doing that kind of stuff. So right. you know, I'll try, try to work it into the schedule. But <laughs> the one thing that uh, I was thinking about, like, I think it was maybe it's just a really cool coincidence, but Ready Player One just started getting. It was just shown at South by Southwest. 
Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that movie is such a perfect uh, comparable to the stuff that you do. Because that movie is it's being made by one of the most famous people in pop culture. And the movie references every single piece of 80s pop culture that we know of. Yeah. Like it's and 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 I think it's such a good time for a movie like that to come out because it's not only I mean I think you've probably you've probably painted a lot of the things that the the book and the movie talk about. Right. You know, like yeah. have you have you read the book? I have not read the book. No. I saw I I, I knew of it and when yeah. I saw the in the theaters, I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Yeah. This is going to be amazing." Um, but no, I, I think, I'll, and I'll probably start by reading the book um, before I go see the movie, just because I, I I picked up the book right when I heard about the movie. <laughs> I I, I'm, I, I haven't finished it. No, the movie has the movie just got premiered at South by right. Southwest, so they're okay. gonna it's gonna release over the summer at some point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so you yeah. just started the book. I have started the book, and I want to finish it right before the movie. Because okay. I'm, I, I'm, I, books are also another thing that I keep buying and then I don't finish them. <laughs> you know, like it's, I still have a, were you a, a Doug, like Hitchhiker's Guide fan ever? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I was, uh, yeah, this, when did that book come out? God, this was like. I think it was I the eighties. Yeah. So the late eighties yeah, probably. Yeah. I would have read this, um, a long time ago. So um, so my memory on it is a little bit fuzzy. Um, but I did, one of the things that I do remember, it was like, uh, at my college graduation, um, the guy that gave the, the, um, the, what do they call the speech? The commencement, commencement speech, speech right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he referenced it and as soon as he was like, you know, the answer is always 42. I was like, oh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, and I still there, I have a painting downstairs that actually, um, that I want to use and I want to have like all of the dolphins sort of like escaping. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that would be a really, really cool. I, um, I was thinking when I was thinking of Hitchhiker's Guide, I was thinking, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Cause the movie made a version of it and then they, people did artistic renditions of what the giant computer would look like. Yeah. I was thinking of when you made the a huge, the huge Mickey. Yes. For me, I was like, oh, like that's that's how giant that computer would look if you were to add it to the mountains because you when you because you, I, I, I don't know. Like, this is the amazing thing. When I look at your Instagram, like I see I can you can also see them as one giant art piece because it's like the way you're doing the mural, you know, it has like 10 different elements from pop culture. And then you look at your Instagram and it, it is it could be seen as one big thing like you could you have the mountain that has the Stranger Things, you know, alphabets up there, the lights. Yeah. Then you have Mickey coming out of the ocean. So, like, all these landscapes are kind of, you know, they could be connected. And it's it's such a... I think Instagram is such a <clears throat> interesting way for you to... for someone to just see the kind of stuff you do. Because within seconds, people are like, oh, I, I get what this is. Because yep. I, yeah, I can recognize, like, eight out of the ten things that are in this thing. It's funny, too, you know... Um when you say that people can see it and can, like immediately recognize what yeah. it is. Um, one of the comments that I actually got when I started doing that mural was, it wasn't even a comment. It was like a direct message. It was somebody that basically said like, why are you doing this mural? This isn't like what you do. And I was like, <laughs> that's interesting, you know, because the whole idea of like a brand easily being able to see like what somebody does uh, is interesting. But at the same time, I also, um, this is the year that while I, you know, 
what I do with the, 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 the thrift store paintings is always going to be the lion's share of my time. Probably it's the thing that I enjoy most, but I do want to push myself to do some other, you know, some other interesting things right. as well. Um, but that got me thinking about, you know, is that sort of like, I don't know, when people come to your page and expect to see something, do they, do they, do, are they disappointed when they see something different? But I guess at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I'm kind of doing it for myself and hopefully yeah. people like it. Uh, um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, that was an interesting, <laughs> an interesting comment from that person. But, um, and it was still, so she, this, she, um, this person, I don't even remember if it was a, a guy or a girl, but anyways, this person, um, had seen the mural only the background before I had started adding the, the characters. Right. So I think that was probably part of the confusion, but, uh, <laughs> interesting nonetheless. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see kind of all of it. Um, every once in a while, I'll kind of look at, at my own Instagram page to kind of see what I've been doing over the past, you know, yeah. few years. And it's, it's, it's kind of fun to scroll through. And first of all, see just like the number of paintings that I've, that I've, that I've got. Yeah, there, there's uh, I mean, You've probably done ten thousand hours over the years, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, at least. Yeah. I, I mean, mean if two hundred or something is just one mural. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I've done I've gotta be close to like two hundred and fifty paintings at this point. So yeah, so and how long is, how long is uh one painting for you? Like I mean I'm guessing they're they vary by varies by size, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It, it can vary from, you know, um a very simple painting might only take, you know, four to eight hours to, you know, the, the mural, which took me two hundred and ten so far and I'm not right. done yet. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Um, um, you know, it, it, typically they're kind of like in the, in the, the, I don't know, two to four day kind of a thing. So, right. um, so yeah, it's, and that's great because my attention span is, is not, not all that great. Right. <laughs> so, it is. That's what, with the Mickey painting, I, you yeah. know, I started that thing and then, um, I, I put it aside for months and I just totally forgot that I had even, even started that thing. So you started um, with just the face. I remember that. Yeah. Cause it was like, it's little, it was like a Mickey shaped, you know, spaceship. <laughs> and then, and then everything, the body came like much later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cause I put it aside and then I was working on other things and it was, yeah, months later. And I still have, I have a stack of, of like half finished paintings that I need to get back to. Um, mm. but, uh, but every time I say that I'm going to, I'm going to finish those things then I start another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's one on my easel right now that I, um, that I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to get started on as soon as, as, as we're done. Um, really? so yeah, yeah. It's, um, I can even sh show you sure. I mean, this well, podcast. Yeah, my, my audience can't see yeah. it, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got this, um, this painting of a, of a ship that, um, that I found, um, probably yep there you yep, go yeah yep. and that's going to be uh it's gonna it's gonna get a little uh a songbird in there from bioshock so oh wow bioshock you you did the you did the big daddy from the bioshock before yeah, right? so i've done a, a couple of things with with bioshock i've done the the big daddy i've done um um a little sister and I did um, the floating uh, Columbia. Mm. Yeah, so I'm infinite. That was uh, I think that was infinite, right? The Columbia. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 The, it's, it's have you? Uh, have I mean, has it has it already happened, or has it has the thought come to your head that now that you're 
doing this stuff, like the people who make Bioshock could be in, like, they could reach out to him and be like, we like this stuff. Like, has that happened to you yet? With something you've made where the creators are like, we really were into uh, this? Has that happened? I can't think of a time where that has happened in that way. Okay. Um, the only thing that I, I can remember happening um, pretty recently actually was that, and it wasn't even a painting, it was a drawing. Um, so I did this uh, drawing that was a mashup between um, uh, R2-D2 and Bender. Yeah, um, I saw that. And, yep. Yeah, um, and someone reached out, and um, someone who had worked with the showrunner for David X. Cohen, mm -hmm. um, Drama, yeah, and um, got the drawing to David X. Cohen, and yeah, That's that nice. was that was that was super cool because then I got an email from David X. Cohen that was like, "Hey, man, this is really cool." I'm, you know, thanks so much. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, that's awesome. what would I be getting an email from David X. Cohen? So, um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that, that must be one of those moments you're like, I, I don't, I mean, you, 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 when did you start? Like, uh, when was that first one where you were like, Oh, I'm going to make a living out of this. Even if it was on the side while you were working full time, like, was that an easy decision or you were like that? Oh, this is worth, you know, seeing if people are into it and then how did you figure out that oh this is what i i think i should price it at because you know oh, like, how does yeah, that, well, so that decision make, making uh, happen that happens through so my wife runs like the the logistical business side of it um, okay. she's been running the that side of it for almost the full the full time that i've been doing it but she started doing that as her job probably four years ago okay um but this was a thing where, you know, I, I would just do these paintings or whatever and share them every once in a while. I didn't even, I mean, I, it was, it was a long time before I even created a Facebook page for it. And then, you know, an even longer time, I've only been on Instagram for what, maybe four years now, um, three or four years, but, um, it was kind of just doing them and then, um, um, slowly starting to just share them out there on social media. And then we, um, we did like one of the um, the local summer art, um, shows. And, um, I think that, that first show I sold like 10 or 11 paintings and it was kind of like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this people would actually buy these. And, right. um, yeah. So, and then slowly, but surely, like I said, my wife took over running the, the business side of it. And she, so I, I delegate the pricing to her because I'm, right. I'm awful at that. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, up to me, I'd, I'd probably be just giving them away. It'd be like, yeah. So, and that's why sh you need her to not absolutely. To, so you don't say things like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, so <laughs> it would be it would be very polar for me. It'd be like every painting that I had finished, you know, um, prior to the most recent one would be would be lowly priced, and then the right. most recent one that I finished would be high because I like I have the emotional attachment of just finishing that thing. Sure, so like sure. this is the one I like now, yeah. right? So. Um, which is just a, a terrible business model, right? That's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it's good so that you're self-aware about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it works out perfectly because, you know, um, we both get to focus on the things that we enjoy doing. She mm -hmm. enjoys um, all of the, like, the logistics that go into into running a business, um, you know, the taxes, the, you know, the shipping supplies, the shipping mm -hmm. itself. Uh, you know the managing the website all of that stuff where right. i have no desire to do any of that stuff um 
at the end of the day, like I, like I said, all I care about is that I, that I, that I get to paint or draw or whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it is just kind of, it's just gravy. So, so it works yeah. out well that we can have sort of separation of concerns. The, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a make good because a creative person like your, your job should be to focus on, on the expression and not the valuation of what this thing should mean because it's so personal, like you said, like you, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair for you for yourself. Like you would be your worst enemy trying to figure out that if, if this is worth anything, because there's so much vulnerability, there's, there's so much like anxiety that goes in, like, what if this is the worst thing I've ever done? I don't know. I don't know if you, like, I'm sure that has, that thought crosses, crosses your mind sometimes. Like, what if I'm just like ruining, you know, what if I'm, what if I'm letting down R2-D2 and Bender at the same time? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I, um, someone just, so I, I actually posted something pretty recently that was, you know, um, the first couple of weeks where I wasn't going to a site every day to, to, to work, um, where I was kind of like home. Um, the first week I was just not as productive as I wanted to be. I was busy every single day, but I just didn't get as much done as, as I wanted to. Right. Um, and then the next week I got a little bit more done, but, you know, it kind of like ebbed and flowed. And there were, there were definitely days where I was like, man, I, I don't have this. And then there were days where like, you know, I can do this totally. And so I posted something about that on Instagram and someone said, um, actually it was a, an old friend of mine, um, commented and said, Oh, you're feeling uncomfortable. Great. That means you're doing something right. Right. And I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I I do think that most artists are, are, you know, looking back and, and saying, man, like I could have done this better or how could I do this better next time? Or, you know, um, you know, this, this, this thing that I did was a, was a piece of garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, hopefully we're just, we're, we're all growing from those experiences. Do you think that, I mean, I think you mentioned in your Instagram that now that you're, you've quit your job and this is like, you're focusing fully on this, that you're going to make this year, this year is like the, you're going to keep challenging yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So yeah. like, have you worked out how, how's it being, how's it going so far? And like, do you know what you kind of want to, keep doing this year that that is in the challenge box yeah so i mean well i mean goodness i uh i started with two of the most challenging projects that i've ever worked on number one that the the mural but even before that so i collaborated with um with an artist who i've always looked up to um his name is uh, nathan sawaya and he's right. like uh that he's dubbed kind of like the brick artist um so he works with legos and creates like sculptures and things like that i mean he's done you know I think he's done sculptures for like the Oscars and things like that. Wow. Uh, and we collaborated and he collaborated with a bunch of other artists as well. But on a, um, he sent out basically these little sculptures that are probably about a foot and a half high. Um, and it's called hug man. And, uh, basically as, a, as part of like a street art installation, he would put these, um, these sculptures all over LA, mm-hmm. but he sent them out as blank, just white Lego sculptures. And then every artist was, you know, invited to sort of, to make it their own. And so, right. you know, for me, it was like painting on these Legos, uh, and repurposing it kind of like the way that I normally do. But I, I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to really challenge myself with this. And I'm going to, I'm going to do some sort of like an anatomy thing where like, it's a cross section from two different angles of this. Yeah. Thing. It was like, hardest thing oh i think you yeah you posted that right it yeah. the, the it's orange i think the final color or something right yeah yep, yep. orange-ish so, with the the yep, anatomy yep. thing yep, yeah i saw that and that thing, man was that a difficult project um and you know 
<laughs> it's and I work with oil paints for the most part, and mm-hmm. so like you know, it's a tough time to getting them to dry correctly. It was, um, you know, just working at something like that small and trying to even keep the thing stationary while you're painting on it was was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I kept foot off of it. It was it was it was a challenge. So, I mean, like starting the year off with just those two challenges was um, was was great. But then there's also you know a number of things that I'd kind of like to do. I'd like to get better. Um, I've been posting um, um, some pen and ink stuff that I've been doing mm-hmm. here and there. It's like, you know, just a, a break from, from the paintbrushes. So, you know, and I sort of, you know, challenge myself a little bit more with those. Um, in painting in general, too, I have, you know, a couple of ideas for a series of paintings, a couple of series of paintings that I want to do, but they would be fully, fully original. So right. it's going to be, um, you know, just kind of like an exercise in patience and um, uh, and all of that, too. So. Um, you know, and then there's just like, there's, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, for me, the, the hardest part is like the idea, right? Right. Um, right. You execute that idea. Um, the, the skill portion of it, you know, I feel like with enough patience, anybody can paint, I feel like with enough time and, and patience, but, uh, um, it's just kind of like, you know, challenging yourself to think outside of the box a little bit. So, but so far it's going <laughs> Do you think that now that uh, this is one thing that I think about, like I always like to go in the, I always like to ask ask myself why every time I think of something, like why do I think that? So it's that idea of like, why do I write? Why, why do, and then when I have that answer, I ask myself, why do I want that? Well, why do I want that? And usually the answer I come up with for most things I want to do, the, the one keyword that shows up a lot is legacy. Is like, you know, mm-hmm. having something last longer than you last. So is, I mean, you're, you're in the, you were in the software world, but now you're like, you're, you're making physical things with your hands that yeah. can exist, potentially exist in, in homes and, and offices and people's, you know, personal spaces all over the world. Is that something that you, 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 you've ever thought about? Like what, why you're why deep down you're 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 doing all of it yeah um it's it's interesting because like um it's it's funny how like people look at these things differently and for me like legacy is is almost like the last thing that i I look at and it's totally the motivation of of um at this point of you know uh having the time to do the things that i like to do and not having to do the things that i don't like to do um and, and the things that I like to do, it just turns out that I just, you know, I just am happiest when I'm when I'm creating something and um, and being able to share that with, you know, with the world. Um, my wife is the person that kind of like forces me to remind myself about, you know, hey, like, do you realize that you have paintings in, you know, these countries or, you know, yeah, yeah. they're hanging with someone's wall right now. Um, and that to me is like, you know. I don't think about that until she, she sort of forces me to, to think <laughs> about it. And then when I do think about it, I'm like, holy shit, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the motivation is just kind of like, um, and it sounds cheesy to say, but it really is kind of like the, um, the desire to just create something and get like the ideas that, you know, you have in your head out right. onto, onto something. <laughs> Cause that, you know, I found that that's part, again, part of the reason that I, I left the, the software gig was because I found myself while I was at work spending all of my time thinking about 
you know, how I was going to get these thoughts onto right. to paper or canvas. And, and it was starting to, you know, affect, you know, my mood, I guess. So yeah. there's nothing more frustrating than having like an idea, but not being able to do something with it. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, I mean, I think that's amazing that you, you really are doing exactly what you want to do and you've figured out a way to make a living out of it. And I think that, that, I mean, cause the, so that's like the, the whole purpose of me doing this podcast now that, and this is the final thing that I, that I like to end with is that okay. the audience that we have is like all over the world, 13 to 30, all of mm -hmm. them are storytellers in their own way, trying to figure out, you know, what direction to take, what path to take, what process to start with, if they want to do, that's why I try to give them a different kind of storyteller every week. So the, sure. the, the question I like to end on is like, if there was a, a 15, 16 year old or a 13 year old version of you listening to this, this thing today, is there a particular uh, little anecdote or message or, or encourage piece of encouragement that you would like to tell them? Like, this is, this is what I like to believe. This is how I was able to get here with, you know, safely and, and surely, but, you know, slowly, but surely is that, something that you want to pass on as a message? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say, um, I would say a couple of things. I would say, you know, always just, you know, work hard for one. Yeah. Um, number two, always stay curious because that's a thing like, you know, uh, as I've gotten older, when I was younger, I felt like I knew it all. The older I get, the more I realize that I, I don't even know what I don't know. Right. So, I mean, always kind of like keeping that sort of humble um intellectual curiosity is, is super important but then also at the end of the day just you know things find a way to work out as long as you're trying to like put positive things out there i think then things typically they seem to work out so so don't worry so much right. <laughs> that's, that's how the, the younger version of me anyway so um but and then yet do what you love like i said yeah if there's a thing that you love to do you know, most people are sort of, I guess, impeded by the the thought that they can't do that thing. Mm -hmm. But you, you definitely can if you don't start doing it. So, um, so if, like, if you want to be an artist, just start drawing. And if it's, you know, if whatever you're drawing, if it's not, if it doesn't look great at the beginning, it's because you're new to it. Yeah. So just keep working at it. So, yeah. So that's what I would say. Awesome. 